I'm going to say this oh, several times. Spoiler warning, spoiler warning, spoiler warning, and spoiler warning. There are going to be spoilers <laughs> in this episode. We should get like a siren or something. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Yeah, like a... <laughs> What's up, citizens of the galaxy? Uh, you're here for another episode of Sabak Talk. We are on season number two. I can't believe it, man. We made Let's it. Let's go. We season had two it. of Mandalorian. Oh, man. I've already watched it twice. Really? Oh, I've, I've watched it like one and a half times. I've, so I, I've... I watched it for entertainment at midnight, mm. like when it first came out. And obviously, I had to do research purposes. So I watched it again for the podcast. Oh, yeah, that's, that's very thoughtful of you. <laughs> um, so let's, let's get a little bit of a, a structure to today's episode for everybody. We're gonna, just going to give some of our reviews of the episode, what we didn't like, what we really liked, maybe go through a couple different favorite categories with that. We're going to do some fun facts. I'm going to give a little bit of a history lesson. Oh, okay. One of our that. characters that shows up. Um, and we'll talk about a couple of some of the comments we got from our following listenership this week. Chapter nine of the Mandalorian. We're waiting a whole year for this. I know. I can't believe it. What's your general, what's your general review? Let's just get into the broad review to start off. I don't want to piss anyone off though, dude. I don't want to piss oh, you off. No, <laughs> okay. I'll say this. I, okay. the first time I watched it, I was a little underwhelmed. Okay. I, I think because watching, I was like, okay, great. Why are we having another filler episode at the beginning of the season? <laughs> I, that's what I kind of felt like watching it the first time. The second time, uh-huh. I liked it more, but there were still some things I didn't like about it. But okay. I did like it more, and I was like, I just need to, you know, relax and kind of just like, <laughs> there's just still so much of the story that he's trying to figure out. So I can't blame Mando, you know? Yeah, no, I get that. I, I get that feeling too. And I think that I think that for me, that feeling of like, oh, another filler episode translated more into like just that frustration with like, okay, I can't watch another episode. Like the story doesn't continue. Yes. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I totally, I totally feel that. Um, in terms of like the, the episode, um, like what it offered and di- I mean, what did you, what did you like or dislike about it? I liked, I liked the whole Western vibe with Like this is kind of going all, all over, you know, Instagram and the social media right now, but this is like uh-huh. the most Western episode that we've seen. And it, man, it really was like, just like the whole ghost town, almost ghost town vibe, the middle of nowhere. And yeah, like this unknown threat that's terrorizing the town and they got to kind of save it. They get this, you know, this, this drifter in there that's trying to, that, they, they ask him for help. So it definitely yeah. is a Western vibe. And I mean, even the show is called, the episode is called The Marshall. So, yeah. But I, I liked it. I liked the introduction of Cobb Vanth. Uh, I think he's a good character. Yeah. And I definitely think we'll see him again. I don't, I'm not yeah, sure if, so. yeah, yeah. I'm not sure though if he's good or not. I feel, yeah, like, he, and- I feel like he could have a little bit of a dark side to him, you know? Yeah, and I honestly, that was one of the things I actually found underwhelming. I feel like his a character was like, didn't have, I don't feel, I feel like I was, I really liked this character, but I feel like he wasn't, he was a little too one-dimensional. Like, I was expecting there to be like a little bit more of a darker side that he actually played into during this episode. Um, specifically with when he gave back the armor. He, so he gives back Boba Fett's armor at the end of the episode. 
um, or at the end of the chapter, I should say, he gives it back. And there's like no sort of like tension with yeah. that turnover. Yeah. I was kind of disappointed <laughs> with that. Like I was expecting, it's like happy. <laughs> yeah, I was expecting there to be like a little more push. Um, so what did you dislike other than, other than you feeling like this was a quote filler episode? What did you dislike about it? Anything else? Yes, I didn't like the, man, I didn't like the fighting, like their whole scene going to the dragon. Oh, really? Yeah. I really? Thought, do explain. So, I don't know. I, my whole idea was, he okay, so he's sleeping, and they're like, okay, let's bury some explosives underneath his belly, and we have to draw him out. I was like, okay, they literally had on the Bantha, like the full, the, I, oh, they, I was like, okay, this would be a great plan. He's going to eat it. And then he's going to explode. And I was like, and so they said, they take him off and start burying him. I was like, are you guys dumb? Like, what is this? And then here we have, and then when the actual fighting starts, we have, let's see, the two best warriors as far away from the fighting as possible. Like Mando yeah. and Cobb Vanth are like on this freaking mountain and uh -huh. anyone, anyone could push a button. So why is Cobb Vanth holding the trigger? I'm like, okay, they need to be in there helping them. And then all of a sudden, you know, it doesn't even work. They explode. It doesn't even work. And then he, he, he has them eat it and it works instantly. Like he blows up. I was like, okay, this was dumb because like, what, what were they thinking? Like, it was, <laughs> you know, they already know the, the dragon likes to eat the, uh, the Bantha. So why not just keep it on there and explode it from the inside? And then, I don't know. I just thought that was dumb. I thought it was just kind of like a dragged out scene that could have been, you know, done in like two seconds. So yeah. Yeah, and then there's like, I, ton, like everyone dies. Like so many people die. I'm like, oh my gosh! Like, like getting eaten by this thing when it could have been, you know, they literally could have left the bantha there by itself with the explosives, and they all could have been on that mountain. And then like, yeah, what? Okay, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm just being maybe I'm just being picky, but no, I just no, didn't no. like that idea. <laughs> well, you're not pulling out any stops here, man. You're freaking going hard right, <laughs> at, the right at the beginning of our podcast. So I'm mean, sorry. I know. <laughs> no, it's all good. I know, and, and like everyone is saying like they loved it and my parents said that they loved it and there was like nothing they didn't like about it. I'm like, okay, are you guys watching it or are you just like, you know, I don't know. I think the whole idea, I think if people watch it again, maybe they could see that, but cause like, I think people are caught up in the, oh yeah, we're finally watching Mandalorian again. So they just kind of like, mm -hmm. are just, you know, kind of giving it leeway of what, why the story was kind of dumb. But I like, mm -hmm. I loved Cobb Vanth, you know, him going back and killing the mining uh, what is it? The mining syndicate, whatever they were, and like him taking uh, over with, with Boba Fett's armor, like he is really fond of it. And they, I don't know, I like I liked his character a lot, and I loved the camera angle. I feel like they got a new cameraman or something. It's like yeah. they have so many big like wide shots of this landscape, and I was like, this is like beautiful. I loved I loved all that like the, the scenery, the scenery shots. I loved them giving more you know depth to the Tusken Raiders again, and it's like I feel like they're kind of like the directors are kind of like making us appreciate the prequels more. Like they're kind of doing these little nods to be like, there are. okay, you really need to realize how important this scene with Anakin killing the Tusk Raiders, like how really sad that is. Like, yeah. they're, oh, they're, yeah. and like they're showing these Tusk Raiders, like they have life, they have family. They, they, it's like, man, that really was a hard scene to watch, you know, in episode in Attack of the Clones. So mm -hmm. I think that they're trying to do that as well, which I like. I like that, like, because, I mean, everyone always criticizes the prequels, so. Yeah. But, I, yeah, overall, I did like it. There just were some things I'm being nitpicky about, but overall, I did like it. Sorry, that was, like, yeah. so long. No, that's good. That's good. And I, I'm going to – I'll give you a little bit of my – some of my reviews because I have, like, a similar experience to you but a different uh, specifics. 
I do, I completely agree with like the nostalgia. I think that's something that Mandalorian has done really well um, that I think the sequels missed out on was they, they use nostalgia that like pulls to the prequel era as well as the original trilogy. And yeah, I sure. really appreciate that. I mean, Cobb Vance, uh, speeder bike, right? Dude, that was sick. <laughs> that had to have been his uh, uh, Anakin's uh, pod racer, right? Yeah, I mean, that's what people are saying. It looks exactly like the engines yeah. on his pod racer, repainted perhaps or refurbished in some way. But I thought that was sweet. I was like, what a creative way to yeah. give a tiny little, just throw a little, throw us a, throw us a little bone there. Um, and there's other things too. I'm like, um, one of the things, I, I think my favorite thing about this episode was actually the, uh, the interactions with and the experience of them being with the Tusken Raiders. Um, and it's for a lot of the reasons that you're saying, it sort of plays into like really deep in, it just expands the universe and deepens the universe. Totally. Um, yeah. And I love that they're doing that in, on Tatooine because Tatooine is the primary setting of Star Wars. Like this, yeah, it's the sure. most important planet in Star Wars. It really, in a lot of ways, represents the Star Wars story. And so to have the Tusken Raiders um, complexified as like a people and a culture is I think really deepens just how meaningful Star Wars is. And, um, you know, I did this in the last episode. I don't want to do it too much again, but not to get too political, but there, I, and, and I feel good about saying this because there's actually some Hawaiian activists that I've seen uh, tweet about um, what I'm about to say. And that's the relationship between the Tusken Raiders and the town and just the development of the Tusken Raiders seems to have a little bit of a mirror to the relationship between like European settlers and indigenous people. And Interesting. that sort of, yeah. That ha and I think that has like, a, that, that's another way that Star Wars can be meaningful to us. Like we can try to take this story and use it to sort of construct uh, different ways of understanding our own history on earth. Um, so I really, really liked all of those things about the episode. I also felt that there was some glaring sort of plot holes in the episode, some of them, uh, you, you just named some in the action sequences that I think make a lot of sense. Like that's like a glaring plot hole, like <laughs> the Bantha and all those things. I also thought one that I, I totally understand, like I'm totally apologetic towards, but I thought was a big plot hole was like the general like nature of most Pelgo um, as like a town, like that when, when Mando arrives and he talks to Peli and they're talking about it. She says, I haven't heard of this town in forever and it's not on the map anymore. And I understand that um, because of the events of chapter five, we know that Mando is familiar with Tatooine, yeah. but because of the, the storyline that they wanted to use in here in chapter nine, they had to come up with a reason why Mando didn't already know. Uh, okay, yeah, I see what you're saying. And I, and I totally get that. Like, I mean, and I think it was, and I think that it was worth it for them to have that plot hole be there because this was a really cool story. It brings us back into talking about Boba Fett. Um, and it, it was a great story, but I, that plot hole was really glaring to me. It's like, okay, so there's like 50 or a hundred people that live in this town yeah. <laughs> and, they, and nobody's ever heard of them in the last 10 years. Um, and they're, but they're, but they, they, they still, and they still presumably, survive off of mining but somehow they don't trade and so nobody they're not on the map <laughs> it, it just didn't make any sense and, yeah, and, yeah but but to me i i also understand why it doesn't make sense and so that was one thing that that i noticed as like a big plot hole and i also felt like like speaking a little bit more to that the the, the um 
like the ending of the episode, I felt like the sort of the, I felt like the takedown or like the setup and the takedown of the action and like the driving of the plot was a little rushed. Like I felt like they could have um, given us a little bit more dynamics with the way that it was all concluded with him and Cobb Vanth and maybe even some of the ways that it uh, all started. Um, but other than that, like I enjoyed, the, I like thoroughly enjoyed the episode. Um, and there was just, yeah, it was just, it was just, it was just a good, good fun. And the, all the Tuscan Raider stuff, uh, I really, really enjoyed as well. Yeah. What, what did you think of the, uh, the dark moment by Mando in the opening scene? The dark moment by Mando in the opening scene. Yeah. When he, uh, lets that dude get eaten alive. Oh yeah. Dude, okay. I was like, that is so dark for Mando. You know, I was like, that is, that just seems so out of his character, but then I don't know, maybe it's not. So I just so, thought that was so gruesome, dude. <laughs> how dead, how dead, I mean, are, how certain are you that he's dead? Like you feel pretty certain. Yeah. I mean, those, whatever that, those animals were, dude, sounds like they just devoured his ass. Yeah. Well, he had like screams of horror. Yeah. Yeah. But I was thinking like, this is star Wars and like, but <laughs> no one's know, ever maybe, dead until they say dead. they're dead. Yeah. Like, I mean like anybody who like, you don't actually see like the life come out of them. And even some of those people end up surviving. And so <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like I didn't, I actually didn't think too much of it. Um, to be honest, I've more thought about like, I'm surprised. I'm surprised you didn't think you didn't, you didn't think anything about that. Well, no, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I, I feel like I've, I feel like I've almost overdone it because I know I'm, I'm not to jump, <laughs> jump ahead, not to jump ahead, but I know uh, my brother Stephen, he was one of the people engaged with us this week, and he also said like, I felt like there was a lot of like me, like expendable lives in this episode, um, yeah. and I don't want to like overplay that sure um, yeah, yeah. too much in these episodes in our podcast, but um, no, I did, I did think about it a little bit. Um, Especially, but mostly with like the Tuscan Raiders and the villagers. Um, with that guy, uh, what's I guess his name is what it's Gore, Gore something, Koresh. right? Yeah, Gore Koresh, Gore Koresh, or something. Yeah, is it Gore Koresh or Gore Kalesh? I thought I got Koresh, maybe I heard it wrong though. No, I think you're probably right. Um, Gore Koresh, I really actually liked, I liked that entire scene. I thought it was that like, scene was pretty, sick. it was cool. I thought it was really cool. Um, and I guess actually, I'm t we'll talk about it more when we go through the favorites. I think. Okay. So I'm going to bring it up. Um, do we want to get into some of our favorites? Yeah. Let's just, go, let's, just, let's just transition right into that. Uh, I actually got something that's really funny. Okay. Um, so I so you know there was like this rumor that Boba Fett was going to be in this season, you know. Uh -huh. Um. So like they set the whole thing up for Boba Fett right in the beginning, right? He goes oh, yeah. that he goes that thing and Gore Chris like, oh, there's a Mandalorian on Tatooine, and and then. Yeah. And then he got, goes into the canteen and is like, he looks like me. And he's like, oh, ask him yourself. And then here comes in Boba Fett. And I was like, oh, that's not Boba Fett, you know? And then yeah, uh, it's yeah. like Cobb Vance. So I was like, dude, everyone is so pissed right now. And then yeah, like, yeah. the last, like, what, two seconds of the episode, they show Boba Fett. I was like, they're freaking, they're playing with us, dude. They are playing. They, they, are. they knew that would be so funny. They knew everyone would hate that. And then all of a sudden, like, yeah. thinking that Boba Fett's not going to be in it. And then right at the end, he's in it, dude. He's in it. And I was like, oh, here we go again, dude. Dude, but I also have to give you props, right? Because you nailed it on one of your idiots array from our first season. Well, like, I don't... You, you called the Cobb Van stuff, man. Well, I mean, that, that did come from my, my brother-in-law, so I can't take full credit for that because he is a big, Tim, like oh. I said, Timothy uh, Oliphant fan. Um, okay. So, so, but yeah, that, that was cool. I'm excited 
I can I guess yeah, I get I take half credit for that, you know. <laughs> but uh yeah, I'm excited. I thought it was I thought Cobb Vance was a good character and then Boba Fett at the end. I'm excited to see where they're going to go with that. That is I'm very interested. Really? Cuz I thought you were like the uh never, we'll get into the Boba Fett, your Boba okay. Fett hate. Okay. Okay. Um let's get into some favorites. So like what would you say was your favorite sub character other than Mando? Um yeah, I really liked I did really like Cobb Vance a lot. Yeah. Uh, I thought he was like a really good person, but then it just made me weir- more wary of him. Maybe he's not super good, you know? Uh-huh. Like he's a little yeah. too good. I don't know. That's what I was, that's what I was thinking. But like his, you know, yeah. his scene where he really cares about that town, he comes back and takes out all those guys for them. And he kind of becomes this local, you know, law enforcement and he just really cares for them. And then, mm-hmm. but then they do give that little nod to him or that little nudge to him, like killing tons of Tuscan Raiders. So that was, so maybe that shows mm-hmm. a little bit, a little bit of a side that we, you know, he's a little bit of his dark side. Yeah. Um, but it, I guess it wasn't retaliation, but still, it's like, what do you say? He killed like double, mu- double of the Tusk Raiders that they had killed in their town. But I don't know. Yeah. I like, I like his character overall. I think Timothy Oliphant's a really good actor, and his voice, he has a really, you know, like satisfying voice, and so like, I mm-hmm. like his character. He was probably my favorite. Right on. Yeah. And I think that was a good point you brought up, like. Um, that plays more into like those dynamics of sort of understanding like the cultures of like the galaxy. When you talk about the moment where he talks about all the Tuscan Raiders he, he's killed. And I think that there's uh, that like sort of sheds some light on like relationships between like different uh, cultures, indigenous versus sure. settler cultures. Uh, that's really interesting. No, he was a great character. I really liked Cobb Vanth. Um, I, I thought that his, like, costume, like, it was, like, so cheesy. But, Dude, like, I thought was, so, too. <laughs> so, it looks so weird. I was like, this looks like a freaking ghetto Boba Fett, dude. <laughs> it does. It, but I get why they, I get why yeah, they did yeah. it in a lot of ways. But um, it was, like, a little bit too much red. I don't know. It was kind of goofy looking, but it was cool. Um, yeah, like yeah he kid, was a sweet looked like a kid, kid in a costume, dude. Like, like mm-hmm. he doesn't fit the armor well, you know? But, yeah, that's pretty I found it. I found it really weird that um, the whole flashback of how he got the armor um, was when he was telling a story while riding the speeders, when there were so many scenes of them sitting around a campfire, it felt like that would have been a lot more appropriate (laughs) for a flashback scene. (laughs) Um, So I'm going to say my favorite sub character. um, And this is a pretty, this was a brief appearance, but I really appreciated it and I enjoyed it. And that was Peli Motto. Um, Dude, she's a enjoyed. I enjoy her a lot. Like she, and I like that, like her and Mando now seem to have like a really good rapport. Like they, yeah. seem to, they, they were, they, they seem like they're like good friends. And I, I, I appreciated that. It was, it gave me joy because I was like, yes, like we are getting some continuity between episodes of the Mandalorian, because that's yeah. something I felt like was missing from the Mandalorian at large is just like continuity between the episodes. And so I really enjoyed her character. Yeah. And then she brought, brings that point up, you know, with the droids, it's like Mando's changing more. Like he's now he's oh, like, yeah. he's good with droids, you know, cause IG 11 and Quill. So uh-huh. like, that's cool to see that he's more trusting now. That's true. That's a good point. That's a really good point for sure. I think I did like that. I like that line everywhere I go, he goes because it sort of is juxtaposed against his line from season one where he says traveling with me is no life for a kid oh dude that's good it's like it's like the opposite interesting okay i didn't catch that what did you just say to me bailey sure the fact that the mandalorian takes this child with him to such unsafe places 
that. No, but Bailey, listen. But this is the point of it. This is the point of him of him doing that. Is that? I know he's trying to find somebody No, but listen. There's a bunch of scenes in Mandalorian season one where he leaves uh, Baby Yoda in the ship, and it always goes badly. And so now Mando he takes Baby Yoda with him, like right by his side everywhere he goes, because yeah, that's the safest place for him. To that be. is, yeah, the safest place is with him, no matter where that is. Yeah, that's what I got from it. That's what I got from it as well. It's a good. It's a good. It was a good point. Um. Oh, I want to just, this just came to mind. I, I, I want to say I really liked that there was the scene with the, um, they look like dogs. They're called massifs. Yeah. Um, the little creatures that they, uh, that the Tuscan Raiders have. Uh-huh. Um, I, I like that scene where he starts like petting it and stuff. Yeah, that was cool. Well, when that scene came, I was like, oh, I was like, oh, I know these are, you know, pets of the Tuscan Raiders. So I, I just thought yeah. they, they were wild. But then yeah, mm-hmm. it turns out they're not. And that's like, that just shows, you know, his, the Mando's knowledge of, you know, yeah. and so I like, yeah, I did like that scene a lot. That was a good one. Um, do you have like a costume or makeup or design? Um, I liked, dude, I liked both at the end, dude. Looks like this. Oh. Dude, he's seen some stuff, man. He's been through a lot. Dude. He came out of a freaking Sarlacc pit, dude. So, I mean, he, he looks ready to just go, dude. Like, I think they absolutely nailed that. Like, I, I'm so much more excited for what the future holds related to Boba Fett, just because of the way he looked in that one cut, <laughs> than if I would have seen him in his old armor or something. Like sure. this was so much. This was so much more intriguing. Like I was like, whoa. Um, and I want to note in that costume, he is. He does have a Tuscan Raider rifle and a Tuscan Raider club. Um, those are two items that he's carrying on his back. Oh, okay. And so just to note that, and he's wearing the black cloaks, he's, his head is shaved and he's obviously, and he had like some, what looked like some pretty intense scarring on his face. Yeah, I did see that. Uh, Yeah, that is a great, that is a great one to point out. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go a little bit off the beaten path answering this question. And just, I really like just the overall design, makeup, costumes, set for the beginning scene. Everything to do with gore and the whole, the whole like like the match, like the fighting match between the Gamorrean um, fighters and all the henchmen that were there, the bouncer, the big Twi'lek bouncer. Yeah, I'll say, do you like um, this, this Twi'lek? <laughs> yeah, I thought he looked cool. I thought he was yeah, cool Yeah, he looks better, honestly. And there was all the graffiti on the walls. With, yeah. And I, if you looked at the graffiti, there was clone troopers, battle droids, and stormtroopers, um, amongst other things in the graffiti. Um, so I really liked the, all the design to yeah. start off the season. Where did you think that, like, where do you think that is? I don't know. I don't know what planet that yeah. was. I don't know if Wikipedia um, says anything about that. I was um, interested to know because up. I was like, I wonder what these animals are. I thought it would be kind of like a, because if we're thinking that there's going to be like rebels, I know like in Lothal, there's like loath wolves and loath cats everywhere. So I was thinking maybe mm-hmm. that, but that didn't look like it because like once yeah. they kick, once they kicked the empire out, they were like more civilized. So, but I was, mm-hmm. I was just curious to know if you had any idea. Um, I don't really have any guesses. Like there was so little, I mean, it looked outer rim to me. Like yeah. my guess would be it's definitely in the outer rim. Um, I'm not sure where though. It's hard to say. I don't know what kind of beasts those were either. Yeah. I mean, have you looked at, I'm going to look. I haven't, no, right I haven't now. looked yet. Because they're obviously like, there's some kind of like animal that doesn't go in the light, right? Yeah. They never went into the light. And once he blew out the light, that's when they came. The red-eyed creatures. Yeah, it doesn't say, it doesn't give any specifics. Okay. So I feel like, 
the moment uh, that was very impactful for this episode was the Boba Fett reveal at the end. Yep. Um, and uh, we all know that you're very pissed off about that. Uh, I, because you- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if piss is the right word. I, <laughs> yeah, I, I could do some explaining on that, I guess. Well, well, uh, well, how about you explain yourself a little bit first? Let's, let's, okay, I want to okay. hear, I want to hear your, gri- other than your gripes in the comment sections of various posts throughout Star Wars fandom, um, what are your specific gripes with this appearance, if you still have any? No, the, the, what, what gets me is, yeah, it's honestly the fans. And like, I mean, okay. if, you're fa- if you're a fan of Boba Fett, like, that's fine. I'm not knocking that at all. What I'm trying mm-hmm. to knock, in, like, what I'm trying to say is, I've been getting into some kind of like these discussions on Instagram. <laughs> uh, because people are telling me because before this all happened you know we're speculating on what's going to happen and everyone's like oh Boba Fett is still alive and and like yeah and they're all like oh yeah he's alive and he's such a badass and I'm like okay yeah but that's not canon like you can't bring in like legend conversation in a canon discussion and I was like until he's canon like then you can say it, like until anything is canon you can't say anything um, yeah, you could say now like, it is can- now it yeah, is canon though. yeah now yeah. it's canon so I'm, now I'm like okay yeah that's fine his backstory, technically, we don't know yet, so I'm sure we'll yeah. get into that. Uh, but yes. just like that's a, that was what was annoying to me was this. Uh-huh. Everyone was like, "Oh no, he's definitely alive," and I'm like, "Okay, yeah, but it's not it's not canonized yet, so you could speculate, but yeah. it's technically not alive." And I was wondering too, what kind of annoyed me too is, are the directors just doing stuff to please the fans? You know? Yeah, that's. I'm a I mean, little worried about that. Yeah, I mean, that's always a big worry. I think that that was one of the reasons why the sequels uh, sort of started to fall apart. Um, yeah, that's, I, I totally agree, yeah. I yeah. thought, I, especially number nine. Like, number nine is, like, the whole, like, what, like during the entire film, was just like, oh, let's do this. This will please a fan. This will please. I'm like, okay, this is not Star Wars, though. And so I'm just, a, I'm a, I was a little wary of that, but watching it again and thinking about it more, I, I, do, I am excited for both of them because I think the way he looks, he just looks like he's going to be a really good villain. Mm-hmm. And obviously he hates you know the jedi and he hates he like was working with the empire so i'm interested to see where his allegiance lie is he just gonna you know yeah. be like a bounty hunter again or is he gonna team up with the empire and try and get back to his you know good graces with them so he can be back in power so i don't or know is he gonna t- or is he gonna team up with mando that's true i could yeah that that's true i i it, yeah that's true i guess i don't want to say anything against that <laughs> it, it, it is just a theory it's just just know it. Just thinking of his character as like this evil guy. I guess maybe time has changed it, but I just can't see that happening. But that is just, I guess, no, it's true. Of it. No, it's very true. And before I get into, I, I want to give you gave a history lesson last time. I'm going to give a little bit of a history lesson this time. Um, give everybody a little bit of a refresher on the life of Boba Fett. Okay, cool. So that we are all up to speed. Before I do that, I want to say the couple reasons why I am excited to see what happens with Boba Fett is I think that I'm, I'm actually really excited that they've brought back Tim Weta Morrison. Yes, dude, that's and, sick. And I think that just having him play Boba Fett is just such a great way to establish like this really broad continuity through the Star Wars universe um, so that we can, when we're watching Empire Strikes Back and we're watching Return of the Jedi, we know who's under the mask. Yeah, we know, that's cool. We know it's the same face that we saw in episode two and episode three and you know it just it just gets, it's a beautiful continuity um and also i'm really i hope that they're very careful about how they bring him back and so that also excites me just in the sense that they have a, a big shoes to fill because boba fett since you know 1980 has been this really iconic character that hasn't really done much on screen yeah 
And that's just the way it's been. Like he has some comics about him that are cool. Everything he does on screen, he looks really badass. Um, his look is the original look that led to what we have with Mando now, but we've never actually seen him really do a whole lot on screen other than Empire Strikes Back and then, you know, getting kicked into the Sarlacc pit. I know, that was the, the that was the worst death in like the entire Star Wars history. I know, like, it's like the most no underwhelming respect. death. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he totally, he totally, I mean, no, the worst death is Akbar, but um, no, I mean, I can't say the worst. We can't get into that discussion. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, but, uh, but, but no, so let me get into a little bit of the history of Boba Fett. So hopefully everybody's listening is ready to hear me talk for a little while here, talking about what, um, what his life history looks like. And so um, where does Boba Fett's life begin? So way back when, right after the Battle of Naboo, um, Jedi Master sifo goes to the people on Kamino and commissions the creation of the Galactic Army of the Republic. Um, Darth Tyrannus, who is Count Dooku, um, hires the bounty hunter, Jango Fett, to come and be the uh, genetic uh, copy that's gonna be used to create this clone army. Um, Jango Fett, we don't really know a ton about his background other than he's, he was considered the best or one of the best bounty hunters in the galaxy. He was a mercenary. He claims to have been born on the Mandalorian world Concord Dawn. Um, this has not been confirmed in canon. And the Mandalorian government, while he was at large, did not consider him a Mandalorian, even though he had Mandalorian armor. We don't know where he got that armor. Um, so that's a little bit about Jango Fett. So Jango Fett, on this request um, to become the genetic uh, copy for the clone army, he requests that he receive one unaltered clone that he can raise as his son. This is Boba Fett. And so Boba Fett is, quote unquote, born 32 years before the Battle of Yavin on Kamino through a cloning process. And so 32 years before the events, essentially, of A New Hope, um, he's born. We know that Boba Fett was, while being raised by Jango, was trained in martial arts, was trained in weaponry and fighting and things like that. Um, there is one comic that sort of tells a story of Jango and Boba um, and, J and Django and Boba are both sort of in the fighting and things like that. And this is before the events of um, episode two, Attack of the Clones. Episode two, Attack of the Clones is the first time we see him on screen. Boba Fett is a small child. Um, Obi-Wan Kenobi follows Django Fett from Coruscant, where he uh, had attempted to assassinate Senator Amidala, follows him to Kamino, confronts Django Fett. They have an altercation. And Boba Fett is there. Um, Django and Boba escape together away from Obi-Wan to Geonosis. Um, while on Geonosis, the events of Attack of the Clones happen. Um, there's this huge battle between the trade federations that have just sort of formed into the uh, Confederacy under the, the supervision of Count Dooku against this new clone army that is sort of being commanded by the Jedi. Um, in that battle, Jango Fett is decapitated by Mace Windu, um, and this is something that Boba witnesses, um, and he uh, sort of has to go from there and sort of build his own life. The next time we see Boba, he is joined in during the Clone Wars, so sometime in the next few years, he joins up with Ara Singh and a couple other bounty hunters to attempt an assassination on Mace Windu. This is told during the Clone Wars uh, TV series. This is eventually a failed assassination attempt. 
Boba ends up in prison. Um, he's in prison alongside Obi-Wan Kenobi, who was there in disguise as, the pers- as a, a, sort of related to a different arc. Um, anyway, he eventually escapes from prison, um, goes out, becomes a bounty hunter on his own, um, and creates this bounty hunter syndicate, bounty hunter syndicate based out of Tatooine and Coruscant that is called Crate's Claws. Um, and this is sort of the rest of his operation on screen throughout the rest of the Clone Wars. Um, and then he eventually um, gets into trouble with the Jedi once again, working with Asajj Ventress, who develops a relationship with the Jedi Master Quinlan Voss, who turns to the dark side and is working with Ventress. Um, Boba Fett is, um, continues to uh, work with Ventress before she sort of betrays him. And then he sort of goes on to continue his life as a bounty hunter. Um, this is where things get a little bit foggy for Boba. He becomes, he gains a reputation in his younger years as a, a good bounty hunter and mercenary and sort of has a rep- reputation as being one of the more deadly warriors in the galaxy. Um, and the next time we really know that he does something really substantial is him eventually being hired by the crime lord Jabba the Hutt. Um, so Boba is hired by Jabba the Hutt and works for him as a mercenary as well as a bounty hunter and f- first appears on screen in A New Hope when Jabba confronts Han Solo and you know, tells him that you know, his time is up. Um, so now we're into the original trilogy time period. Um, galactic Civil War is going on. Han Solo joins the Rebel Alliance, more or less, part of that crew. And Boba Fett is now having interactions with the Sith and with the Empire. His first interaction actually comes off screen during a comic. Um, Darth Vader hires Boba Fett to find out who these people were that blew up the first Death Star. This is just after the Battle of Yavin. Boba Fett um, follows a trail, eventually ends up at Ben Kenobi's house um, on Tatooine, where he actually has a confrontation with Luke and they get into a fight. Um, And Boba Fett almost kills Luke before Luke is able to escape because of something that Ben had set up. Um, And he gets away, but not before Boba Fett was able to ascertain his identity, which he does give to... um, Darth Vader. And so that's in one of the comic books. Um, and so Boba Fett's actually the person, the first person to tell Darth Vader that he has a son and that his son was involved in the destruction of the first Death Star. Are you serious? So, I didn't know that. Yeah. It's a really interesting what? story. I, I was able to look at a lot of those comics. It's, that's it's really, really interesting. Fascinating. So yeah, it's at right, right after the events of A New Hope, Boba Fett goes back to Tatooine and like basically has a stakeout waiting for Luke to come back. And Luke does. And he almost kills Luke and then he tells Vader, this guy's name was Luke Skywalker. Boba Fett did not know. He doesn't know that Darth Vader is Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. Um, and so he didn't know that he was telling Darth Vader that he had a son. But he's the one who told Darth Vader that he had a son. You know, if um, you're trying to hide Luke, why wouldn't they change his freaking last name, dude? <laughs> <laughs> you know? I know. <laughs> I know. Those are some of those, like, like overarching plot holes that just don't, <laughs> don't, don't make a whole lot of sense. Um, but anyway, after that, Boba Fett continues to do deals with uh, Darth Vader. So Empire Strikes Back, one of the most beloved Star Wars movies, 
Boba Fett strikes a deal with Darth Vader. It's basically this. If Boba Fett is able to get Luke Skywalker in the hands of Darth Vader, Darth Vader will allow Boba Fett to take Han Solo so that he can sell Han Solo to Jabba the Hutt. And that's exactly what happens in Empire Strikes Back. Boba Fett works with Vader. Vader's able to defeat Luke. Boba Fett sells Han Solo to Jabba the Hutt and continues sort of uh, hanging around with Jabba until the events of Return of the Jedi. Leia and Luke and everybody come. They free Han. There's that whole thing in the Sarlacc pit and Boba Fett is tossed in. That is, up until pretty much now, that's what we know. He fell into the pit of Carcoon, um, and now we know that he did eventually escape. And so those events, the events of Return of the Jedi, if you remember, are we're looking at nine, between nine and 10 years before the events of the Mandalorian. So he would have escaped from the Sarlacc pit and been presumably roaming around um, Tatooine for the last 10 years, um, while Cobb Vanth, for a number of those years at least, has been wearing his armor. So, yeah, that's uh, that. What, yeah, what has he been doing? You know, that's uh, that'll be interesting to know his if they give a little bit of I hope they do give a little bit more of his. Well, and, and, and then one of the other things that we have to note here as well is that one of the lines that is spoken about the Sarlacc pit is that the digestion process takes a thousand years, or is yeah. it a thousand years? Yeah, yeah. a thousand. And so he could have been in, he could have just barely got out. I mean, we don't know how long Cobb Vanth had the armor. Um, did, he, did he say exactly how long? I don't think I don't so, think yeah. Did. I think, I mean, he said it was sometime, sometime after the destruction of the second Death Star. Um, so we know that, you know, he was in the Sarlacc pit for a, a decent amount of time. Um, so we don't really know exactly, I mean, he could have been in the Sarlacc pit for, I don't know, years? I don't know, maybe not. How would you yeah? How would you survive that, dude? That'd be terrible. Oh my gosh, Darth Maul could do it. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of this is interesting because I mean, if if Mando is looking to learn more about the Jedi, I mean, there's like no one better to. I mean, there's some maybe some people, but no one better to go to than Boba Fett. I mean, yeah, Boba will definitely know. But I'm saying, yeah. dude, he's gonna freaking just like tell him, tell him, uh, I guess all the dark, all the dark stuff that the Jedi do, you know. Because he obviously yeah. hates the Jedi, so that'll, yeah, this will be interesting. It, I, I am excited to see where they, where they, what direction they're going to go. Do you think the next episode he's going to stay on Tatooine for like a little bit, or is he going to leave and come back to Tatooine? Um, I hope that it, I hope that it stays on Tatooine. I hope that it does because I mean, let's just get a little bit of continuity between episodes. Sure, like, yeah. we don't know like Tatooine, and then the next episode is like different planet, different story. I wouldn't. I would not be super keen on that. I would love for there to to for them to just continue with what's going on um, right now. So I would. I would like that. I and I think that they will. I think that they've got to. They've they've got to give some time to Boba Fett. I think. Yeah, they do. Yeah, people. I have a question for you. Okay. Do you think it was Boba Fett uh, who walked up on the? I, I was thinking that, dude. I was thinking that. I was like, is it Cobb Vanth or is it Boba Fett? Now, now I don't know, to be honest. Yeah, and I think, I think it was Boba Fett. Like, I don't think it was Cobb Vanth. It might have been, been some other random person, but I think it was Boba Fett. Yeah, maybe he's just you know, sitting and watching and waiting for his perfect opportunity or something to kind of come out the shadows again.
yeah i mean it's hard to know it's hard to know like his motivation yeah um it's hard to know i mean we just know so little about him like yeah in a personality sense since he was a child you know we know how he was as a teenager to an extent but we don't really get a whole lot of glimpses of his personality or sort of his personal values and what he why he does what he does like it doesn't seem that he's a I mean, obviously he's a villain, but we don't know necessarily that he's not just doing all that for money. Sure, yeah. So there's there's the Boba Fett history. That was pretty long. That was pretty long. <laughs> no, it was good. It was we needed to know the backstory so we can hopefully understand where he's coming from, like in these next few episodes. So yeah, yeah and hopefully, hopefully that I mean, I I trust in Dave Filoni that he's also has all these things in mind that I've just been talking about. That like the arc that uh, that Boba sees in Mandalorian will sort of match the where his life, you know, his life's journey yeah, so far. Yeah. Um, let's see. So uh, one of our listeners, uh, Tama G eight hundred eight, said, "Opening scene with the the Fight Club was awesome." Quotation that wasn't part of the deal. So yeah, that was a great scene. That was a good. Um, that actually was a really good line. Yeah, it was. It was, it was. There was a lot of good lines in that that little part. Yeah, it was. It it felt like a. It felt like a like you know your classic like criminal confrontation between like yeah. world people. It was cool. <laughs> I was surprised. Like we had a few people that we did. We asked for people to kind of give their opinion on how good they thought the episode was. Most people said it was, said it was good. Some people said it was sort of in the middle. Um, I gave it like a like an eighty five out of a hundred. Um, Blake gave it a. Like ten out of a hundred. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> what did you give it? Let's see. I was you thinking like a like seven a, out of ten or something. Yeah, I mean that looks like it's a little closer to a six and a seven, but we'll let it slide. Oh, from the <laughs> the scale. <laughs> the scale, yeah. Um, that's pretty much all we got. Oh, wait, we had some message exchanges with um, Bleach Jedi. I'm gonna look at real quick. He liked that they set it up like it was gonna be Boba, and then it was Cobb. And then Boba shows up again. Yeah. Like that, that, that was, that was good writing. I thought that was fun. That was really good. Yeah. I liked it a lot. And Oh, something that um, bleach Jedi said as well that I appreciated. And that I, I agreed with was there was actually a lot of shots from the trailer just in this episode. Did you yes, notice that? That was good. I liked that a lot too. Yeah. It makes me excited. Cause it's like, there's so much unseen things coming up for us in the coming yeah. weeks. <laughs> All right, let me hit you with some questions then. Okay. Future, future-oriented questions. Okay. Will Mando and Boba um, fight to the death? Um, they better not, because Mando's gonna. Dude, Mando will. I, I think Man, it won't even be a fight, dude. Well, I, oh, that's what I'm saying. Like, do you think? So, I guess the question is, do you think Mando will kill Boba? Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. We'll hold I, you to it. I can if see that. Yeah, I can see that <laughs> happening. Um, that would be a good way for Boba to actually really die. Like, if, if they let him live, you know, in this seat, like, what is he going to do? You know, he's just going to go back to his, his ways of crime. So, I don't know. I think that'd be good on screen death that, a yeah. fan, like, to watch a fan favorite die on screen. You can't, you can't yeah. kill a fan favorite not on screen, you know? So, yeah. And I hope he dies. I hope he dies like a good, honorable death. I feel like there could, I feel like there could be a decent fight. Like he's not, I mean, he's not that bad. I mean, he was the deadliest bounty hunter during his prime. So. Cause what I'm thinking though is, I mean, it's, it's a Mandalorian dude, like his training, you know, like, I, and that's another thing too, about this episode, they said like what, like three times how good Mandalorians are at killing, you uh -huh. know? So it's like, I don't know. They're kind of setting him up. I feel like setting, setting something up. I don't know. 
Yeah, no, definitely. I think that's true. But I think I think that I think that Boba could put up a decent fight. I, I I feel like it'll be it'll be it'll be at least it'll be at least a good confrontation. I do think that that Din Djarin will win the fight. Do you think that Boba is going to be killed by someone other than Mando? I don't think so. Okay. I just kind of had an idea right here. What if? Okay. Boba kind of befriends Mando secretly to get his hands on the child. Because okay, let's oh let's do this. I got it. If oh, gosh, that really was if that really was Boba at the end of Episode Five, The Gunslinger, and um, mm-hmm. he's talking to Fennec. She already Ooh. knows. She knows about the story of Baby Yoda and Mando, right? And how much there's yeah. about ba- how bounty there's a bounty on Mando and the Baby Yoda. So what if he befriends Mando because you know mm-hmm. he's this so-called quote-unquote Mandalorian. And he uh, kind of uses him, gets close to him, steals Baby Yoda, takes him to Moff Gideon to get back in the good graces of the Empire. That's a good. That's a that's a, that's a good idiot's array. We'll have to see. <laughs> we will have to see. So, do you have any idea in what capacity Cobb Vanth could return? <sighs> I don't know. I I I was kind of hoping he'd be like a villain, like an anti-villain, mm. you know. But yeah. I could see him being an ally now. At the end of this episode, I was like, he actually kind of is a good guy if he really is, you know, 100, like mm-hmm. 100% truthful during this episode. I could see him being a villain if – or not a villain, sorry, a teammate to replace one of the current ones we have, either uh, Grief Cargo or Cara Dune. I could see him replacing mm-hmm. them. All right. So are we pretty much done here? Yeah, I think that's it for this episode, man. I it's going to be a good season. I, I'm excited. Uh, this I'm waiting stoked. thing is a little hard, but it, it's kind of, it's kind of <laughs> nice, though, because I think you can like, kind of mull things over and maybe rethink some things, rewatch it if you want to, to get a better understanding. So it, it, it's kind of cool, but at times, yeah, it sucks. Obviously, you want to watch it all. but <laughs> Yeah, no, no, for sure. Um, I totally agree. Sometimes I, I think, like, if it, they had just dropped the whole season, that would have that kind of sucked. Yeah, our podcast would be done for, you know, like we couldn't – yeah can i keep doing they're this keep, every episode they're, they're keeping us in business here yeah <laughs> um i just want to let everyone know that's listening uh we will be doing a giveaway very soon um probably i think this weekend we're gonna start uh but just follow us on instagram for the exact details but we're really excited we got we're gonna have some good yes. stuff for you guys and yeah don't stop don't stop listening to us just because uh you know we didn't only say good things about chapter nine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, I want you, like people that are listening, like send us messages. Let us know, like, if you disagree with me, like, let me know, like, let's talk about it. Like, that's what we want. We just want, you know, talk shop and having some engagement. And we really appreciate all the listeners and all the good feedback we've been getting. So just keep it up, man. Let's see. Hit us up at saboktalk at gmail.com. Also check out the link in our Instagram bio. Our Instagram handle is saboktalk. So hit the link in the bio. You can send us a voice message. If you send us a voice message, I guarantee you we will play it during the podcast. And um, unless you just say something completely unreasonable. (laughs) (laughs) But like there's a 99% chance we will play it. So engage with us. Hopefully we'll be engaging with you, you know, throughout this week. Um, And thank you so much for listening. Yeah, this is Sabak Talk signing off.